This episode is brought to you by Mightier. Mightier is a biofeedback-based video game platform that teaches kids to emotionally self-regulate. This leads to a significant reduction in meltdowns and parental stress. It's backed by science out of Harvard Medical and Boston Children's and has helped over 100,000 kids. For more information, visit theautismdad.com forward slash mightier. That's theautismdad.com forward slash M-I-G-H-T-I-E-R and use the code theautismdad22 to save 10%. Welcome to the Autism Dad Podcast. I'm Rob Gorski. This show is inspired by my own personal journey as a full-time single dad raising three autistic kids. It's all about special needs parenting, the challenges we face every single day, as well as some of the things we have to learn to navigate along the way. This season, we're going to put a major focus on empowering and educating parents. We're going to talk all about building a community of support around your family, the importance of self-care, as well as connecting with services and resources that are vital when it comes to raising a child with special needs. So be sure to check us out at listen.theautismdad.com, subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This week on the Autism Dad podcast, it's another Parents Talking Autism episode. If you're not familiar with what those are, it's where I have a parent on the show. Sometimes it's a mom, sometimes it's a dad, sometimes it's both. And we talk about their parenting journey, what their struggles have been. You know, we, we talk about their kids, we learn about their life, and we share experiences. These are my, my favorite things to do. I love doing these because I think it's so important that we get our stories out there. I think that it helps people to hear these stories. It helps them to recognize that they're not alone. There's some comfort in hearing that other people are experiencing similar things to what you're going through at home. And uh, I, just, I just love learning from other parents. So my guest this week is Sarah Roberts. She has an eight-year-old son who is autistic and has ADHD and a couple other diagnoses. And she's here to talk about what her experience is and uh, share her story. So I hope you guys enjoy the interview as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you're interested in being a guest on the show uh, and talking about your parenting experience, shoot me an email at rob at theautismdad.com and uh, we'll get you set up. Here we go. Enjoy the interview. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I really appreciate it. Could you take a minute and just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what your like journey has been so far? Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to. Um, my name is Sarah, and I have an eight-year-old son who is diagnosed with autism at the age of four. Um, our journey has had its ups and downs like most, um, with behaviors changing, getting worse, getting better, um, just our battle to get help that is needed and therapies and just being a single parent also I just want to relate to all the other parents and maybe make them feel like they're not alone uh I like that I think that that's really important uh because I, like I have I, a cold I, I, <laughs> that, that's okay um the I really like that because I feel yeah, I like gummy bears. Say hooray, my shape. Look. It's okay. Say hooray. I like gummy bears too. <laughs> I put gummy bears on hooray. ice cream and people laugh at me. <laughs> but it's delicious. So I'm with them on that one. Uh, and that's totally okay too because I guarantee, well, probably not because I did, I did talk to my kids ahead of time, but they will probably at some point interrupt. And that's just the way it is. So, 
That's, uh, <laughs> don't bother me. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I appreciate the fact that you want to share your story because it really does make a difference. You know, when, when people, we tend to feel, we tend to get isolated and we tend to feel alone, right? Especially in the beginning part of the journey and, uh, hearing from other parents sharing their story, regardless of what their story is or how their journey has progressed, uh, it's comforting Absolutely. just to not be alone. So I, I really appreciate you wanting to do that. Um, so I have a couple of questions just off the top of my head while we're, um, we're doing this and this is not for people listening. This, this isn't scripted. We didn't like plan any questions out or whatever. It's just a conversation mm-hmm. that we're going to have just kind of like I always do these parents, parent things. Um, you had mentioned, like, I got the impression that, like, trying to find services and supports and resources uh, has been challenging. Yes. Um, he, from when he was diagnosed, I had a, a better job at, well, I shouldn't say better. I had a different job at the time with private insurance. Um, mm-hmm. I was doing a little better with that financially and with insurance. So the occupational therapy and speech. I didn't have too hard of a time getting him in, but since changing careers to be home with them more, um, the Medicaid, it, they make you jump through all kinds of hoops and appointments and meetings and case managers just to get the ball rolling yeah. and the referral. And not to mention the wait list you get put on. What wait lists are you on? Or, or right were now, you on? For ABA therapy. Okay. Which should be starting soon. Um, we tried to get him back into therapy last summer. Okay. So he was. And I didn't know. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't know that you have to, have, with Medicaid, since the insurance change, you have to have a case manager through Macomb Community Health here in Michigan. Um, <laughs> You have to have meetings and reevaluated. Yeah, it's. I I don't think people understand. I'm not super familiar with a lot of the changes, and and I I don't know if it changes. Well, I think some of the changes are state to state. You know, so like you're in Michigan, I think, right? Yes. Yes, yeah, so I'm in Ohio, and so this, I think it's a little bit different. I'm actually, I just, uh, I'm I'm recording an episode with a major insurance carrier like a Medicaid insurance carrier in Ohio, uh, hopefully in the next week or so, um, to talk about navigating a lot of the stuff that you're talking about now and and what some of the changes are and how uh, parents can better, you know, take advantage of, or or not take advantage, it's the wrong word, but like utilize what is available to them. Um, You, so he was in ABA previously? Yes. Um, I did have him in ABA for two years. How did you, what did you think? I loved it. Did you? I No, I loved it. He made so much, I, before ABA, um, I wouldn't even take him into the grocery store anywhere. I'd have to have a hard grip on him so he wouldn't run off across the store or try to escape. Um, Just things like very impulsive. Um, now we can actually go shopping and he'll stay by me. Just little things like that they help so much with. How did he like it? 
he lo- he asked to he can't actually wait to go back. Um, he loved it. Okay. He still asks every day, "When can I go back to ABA?" He he. Uh, or I'm sorry. That's 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 really good to hear because, as you know, there's a lot of controversy surrounding ABA therapy, and a lot of parents are just wanting information, like like recent accurate information. And so it's good to hear that not only you thought it was a positive thing, but your son enjoyed it as well. My kids oh, loved, yeah, he loved it. We never did. We never did ABA therapy, but we were in like speech and OT and PT. My kids loved going to therapy. You know, it was. And those were great therapies too. Um, OT and speech. He loved all of it. Yeah. They, they make it like, I mean, OT and PT for, for kids like that age, it's like playtime. With a purpose, yeah. right? They they make it fun. They, you know, work on skills and strengthening and and uh, lots of rewards. Lots of rewards. It's all and it's all play based. It's it's so it's. Mm-hmm. I used to go and watch. I would go to every one of them and watch my kids and just think like, man, like that sounds like fun. I want to go, you know, <laughs> jump in the ball pit or whatever. I want to go on the swing. <laughs> the swing, or they had the the um, they had this. They called it the washing machine thing. Where they, they go inside of this like stretchy bag and it's on like a bungee cord. Oh. And then they just like bounce you up and down inside of the the, the bag. And the <laughs> kids just loved it. Uh, and I always thought, oh, that looks like looks like fun. That's good for sensory. <laughs> yeah. I was too big, so they wouldn't let me. But, <laughs> um, how okay, so you've you've got wait lists for, for ABA currently. What was your journey like with the diagnosis? How did that go? Well, um, I there's always the first signs. Um, started around when he was two. Okay. The first pediatrician I took him to didn't really see any of my concerns, so I switched. I mean, you know. Good for you. There's something. Um, and she had recommended me to, which I went through Beaumont Behavioral, that's here in Michigan, Okay. I was on a year year wait list just for the evaluation. So I had to wait another year. Um, luckily, the pediatrician had put in referral for OT and speech. So it didn't delay him from getting services. Just the diagnosis. Just the diagnosis. So I, I uh, and I'm sorry, how old did you say he was now? He's eight. He's eight. And he was diagnosed at four. Yes. Okay. So he's eight now, was diagnosed at four. So you were on the wait list. Was, that's, see, I was trying to kind of time that back. I don't know if that was like pandemic related or, or what, but it sounds like it had nothing to do with the pandemic. Um, I talked to so many people, some people, and I think it just depends on where you live, but some people have no wait list. They can just schedule an appointment and go in, you know, inside of a week or a month. And then there's some people, I mean, I've heard of wait lists 18 months long yeah, just, just to get an evaluation. And, and then the way our, our um, insurance system works here in this country, our healthcare system, you need the diagnosis in order to get coverage for, <laughs> for all of the things that you need the diagnosis for. And, and so then you're on this like holding pattern where you just feel like it's all this wasted time and it's a very frustrating experience in a year better than some, but that's still a really long time. It, yes. It, it seemed like a long time. And then 
when we did do, it was like a week long evaluation, mm-hmm. uh, five different appointments and you had to wait for the results. They all got Thorough. together. Um, but after that, it just, the journey kind of began. Um, he was turning four and behaviors were changing. Okay. So we had talked briefly on Facebook. We were kind of talking about what kind of things you wanted to talk about or, or whatever, just to kind of get a, to help you feel more comfortable with the interview. And I mean, we can talk about whatever you want to, because it's your story that we're sharing. Um, but one of the things that I think is helpful for, for parents who are listening is being able to relate to just some of the challenges, I think, because I know, I know you were sharing with me some of the stuff that like you're dealing with now. And I was telling you, man, I, like, I guarantee you there's people out there listening who are like, oh yeah, that's like Tuesday for me. <laughs> or, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm sure. It's, it's, it, <laughs> oh, as, I'm sure. As crazy as our lives feel like at times, it's, it's relatively common within our community of, of families. Right. And, and, right. uh, and I don't want to say, I hope so, but I'm, I'm well, sure I'm not. The yeah. Only. Yeah. I, I know what you mean, it, but there, it, there's comfort in numbers, right? Like knowing that you're not the only one out there dealing with something or facing a challenge is it's um, it's really hard to describe, but it, it's you don't you don't enjoy the fact that other people are struggling, but at the same it time, makes you hope there's more solutions. Yeah, at the same time, different. it's like okay, I'm not alone. I'm not going crazy. Like I'm not losing my mind. This is not like a me problem. I'm not causing it. <laughs> yeah. So there's just that there's just that comfort in in hearing other people's stories. So. That being said, um, it, like what are what are some of the what are some of the challenges that you face every day that you wish people maybe better understood as far as like like better understanding what your life is like? I a lot of people um, the aggression, um, just being out in public, and my son now he's almost the same size as me, and he. When he has a meltdown or he is unhappy, he can get quite aggressive and he hits pretty hard. Um, we'll say the last time I went to Walmart, which is the last time, <laughs> I'll go for a while. Um, he's on the floor kicking and before I used to throw him over my shoulder, walk out. Now mm-hmm. he's too big. So I'm standing there. I'm like, do I do this and have him? accidentally kick somebody else um I'm just all these things are going through my mind people are probably looking at me like oh that's a spoiled brat yeah and you know it's our kid they don't have a look they don't look like they have a disability so you just you get a lot of judgment when they're they look like they're throwing a fit he breaks things um I had to get three new TVs and just since last summer um the tablets. I, I called Amazon the other day for the warranty. They have a two-year warranty, thank God. Um, and the guy that I was talking to, he left. He goes, you have seven of these registered. Which one are you calling about? I said, I don't even know. Just pick but one. But I'm sure one of them has. <laughs> right. I said, just one of them I mean, that has funny. a warranty, please. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just. An everyday life. typical day, yeah. I mean, what? How can we stop him from getting to that point? Um, 
and there's time he's very sweet and loving. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's more I, what they say on the higher end, um, functioning wise, but he also has characteristics that aren't. So yeah. I think that confuses a lot of people too. Um, I've people that are close to me are saying, you know, if he can do this, why can't he? I hear that a lot. It's not linear, right? There's there's developmental delays. I mean, autism is characterized by developmental delays, right? So it doesn't mean that they're delayed across the board. Like for my my oldest, right? When he was younger, he's twenty. He's twenty three. Jesus, he's twenty three now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know that gets. You'll get there, right? And be like, oh my god, he's twenty three. Um, oh gosh, I know. Just, I can't believe he's gonna be nine. <laughs> I know, right? Well. I can't, but he's 23. So it's like, you just feel so old. Like been doing this for so long. Um, but when, when he was younger, he was very aggressive, like very aggressive to the point where he would have meltdowns that would crack the walls on the floor beneath his bedroom where he was having the meltdown. Um, broken stair treads from stomping, you know, going up the steps. Uh, I mean, plexiglass, replaced all of the broken windows in his room because glass was a, a good idea. bad idea. So it became plexiglass after we, I don't know That's why I didn't learn the first time. TVs. <laughs> right. I, I, it's like, it, and it took me a minute to figure out like, why am I replacing these with glass? It was so stupid. Right? I, I don't know what I was thinking. And then it was like, we should just do plexiglass <laughs> because that That's way. That's a good there, idea. It, I mean, he'll pop, they used to pop out of the track uh, and I'd have to, you know, re, install them, but they weren't breaking and nobody was getting hurt. So that's, there's that. But, um, we had to look at like residential placement. It was so bad. There were safety concerns for the other kids in the house. Oh, absolutely. And it's a very difficult thing to navigate and people who aren't living it don't necessarily understand it because they'll say, you know, my kid's autistic and I don't, I don't have any of those problems. So you must be doing something wrong or, do you, do you know what I mean? Do you, do you ever experience that? Yes. Oh, yes. Um, and especially a lot in the professional field of mm. people who work with, um, yep. for example, bus drivers who've been doing it 30 years and my son getting him on the bus. It, it, it hasn't happened the last two years. Um, the one lady I did call and say, I don't want her coming to the house anymore she would just always have nasty comments I've never dealt with this and I've been I said you've been a special needs bus driver for 30 years and apparently my son was the only one who gets aggressive on the bus but I just things like that I think I don't know if it's because behaviors are changing and the people who have been in it for a while but they act like it's something new I get that a lot there's a lot you know, I think I, it's, it's tough because, you know, we want, I think it's good that we share our stories. I, the good, the bad, the scary, the heartbreaking, the positive, the amazing, all that stuff. I think it all matters. It's hard. It's easy to celebrate the victories, right? It's easy to celebrate, Hey, we put our shoes on by ourselves, or, Hey, you know, I was doing so much better after, you know, two years of ABA therapy. Those things are easy to celebrate. Talking about the meltdowns, talking about the aggression, talking about the outbursts and the destructive behavior and, and you know, 
you know, the bruises that parents get from being hit or bit, you know, whatever, just because that doesn't happen in your life doesn't mean that it's not happening in someone else's. And that's an everyday challenge that so many parents are facing. And I think that we have to validate that because it's real. And talking about it doesn't mean that they're a bad parent or that their kid is a bad kid. It's it's just, it's a behavioral issue. Oh, absolutely. They can't help it. Yeah. It's largely outside of, of uh, especially the kid's control, right? It's not lazy parenting. It's not anything there there it is a behavioral issue and it's something that needs to be worked on because it's not fun for anybody um but it isn't it isn't necessarily a choice it isn't something that they're choosing exactly. to do like meltdowns are involuntary acts you know it's a sign of distress if people can see the look the true look in their eyes when they are doing these things and when they're not maybe they would understand better um my son will even cry after one of his meltdowns, after he's punching me, kicking me, um, just slamming into me. He'll cry and say, Mom, I'm so sorry. I want to stop. I want help. Oh, and that's that, so yeah, heartbreaking. That, uh, he, he will get emotional, and it, it's like from zero to 100, and then boom. How do you, how do you, how do you deal with that? Um, I, what I do now, um, I just kind of use myself as one of those big body pillows to make sure he doesn't get hurt, um, make sure he's not hurting anybody else if somebody's there, um, just keeping him from pretty much hurting himself or trying to best to block, you know, my face or anything I can. Um, if it gets to a really bad point, um, I will kind of hover over him and make him breathe heavy mm-hmm. until he calms down. Um, I do have you... had to pin oh, him sorry. down. No, it's um, just on the ground. Nobody's hurting. And he'll say, okay, I'm done and stop until we're both calm. How, how do you deal with the emotion because one of the things that I, I struggled with, and I used to write about it all the time, there's, um, when my son would have a meltdown, it would, it would start and it would be I, I, devastating kind of meltdowns, right? Like people outside call the police or like, because you just don't, they don't, it sounds like someone's being murdered in your house and it's, <laughs> it's not, it's just it somebody having a meltdown, right? Um, but it'll go on and go on and go on and go on. And then it just stops. And then he would move on and I would be here like the hell just happened. <laughs> like trying oh, yeah. to process it. And <laughs> like, I've got all that adrenaline rushing and, and I'm emotional. And then they're off playing video games or, or they've playing, moved on. Yeah, and they're happy. Smiling. Then, oh, yeah. how, how do you deal with that emotional? It's like an emotional roller coaster. It, it is. And, uh, I still have my moments where I'll try to hide it from him. He does not like when people cry, so I have to hide that or get yelled at. Um, I would have to go in the bathroom and cry or just, you know, look like, what am I doing? Um, I, it is very hard to, 
after you you go through that and then they're smiling and happy and back to their self. It's like, yeah. do I bring it up and correct the behavior? But it really, it doesn't make anything better. You know, people say, oh, discipline, discipline. It's not the same. It's not a disciplinary issue. In, in right. most cases, it's, it's not a disciplinary issue. Uh and the, the thing, like, with the people don't understand about meltdowns is there's nothing you can say or do that's going to make it stop. It has to run its course. No. It's not like you can't have ice cream, so the kid is going to freak out until, you know, he manipulates. Like, tantrums are, are manipulation, right? They're trying to uh, annoy you or upset you until you change what you're doing to give them what they want. And as soon as you right. do that, they're like, oh, okay, sweet. I got ice cream. And then they're <laughs> done, right? There's There's, like, a payout for that with a meltdown. It's just the body purging for whatever reason, overstimulation, whatever. And, and it, can, it can be very aggressive. It can be violent. It can be destructive. But, but there's, no, there's no one really piloting that, right? It's kind of like an autopilot thing. And you can't, I mean, you, you, you can, I guess, discipline it, but it, it's not, it, there's nothing it's, to discipline. Yeah, I don't, right. And I think a lot of people get confused about that oh well you're just letting it go you're too permissive or how many times i heard oh he need and even saying like they need a whooping like are you kidding me like and it's one of those cliche (laughs) things that you hear people i've had that in the store people make comments in the store when they were little uh you need to he needs you know a firm hand or he needs to whatever I'd never let something like, like no, that happen. You, okay. Please. Uh, you just need a walk, <laughs> walk in my shoes for like five minutes and then have that same conversation. Then with me. It just doesn't. Uh, I, no, the public, they really, and I've been in public and I've seen, you know, kids having meltdowns and I heard others make their comments. I'm like, you have no idea. You know, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. I haven't. I have been pretty lucky as far as that. Anybody making comments, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just because I'm not paying attention. Um, it's probably a good thing because I am scared how I would react to the other right? person. <laughs> but well, I have to control myself with my son there. But it that it does scare me more for the other person. Yeah, making the comment. Yeah, well, it's like I, I was thinking about this today. Uh, my oldest sounds very much, sounds very similar to your son. And he went from just incredibly aggressive, borderline dangerous to be around, um, very, uh, I mean, we were told at, at points like we couldn't have him in a house. It just wasn't safe. And trying to reconcile that, like if you feel like you're picking one kid over the other, and in, in my case, it was really difficult because uh, he's not my biological son. So I've raised him since he was a year old. I adopted him later on. And, and so I, I never looked at him as different. But, you know, there's that perception that, well, you're just because he's, yeah, he's you know what I mean? There's, and so there's, and there's all of this. already a hard enough choice. That's- yeah. And so we ultimately, he, he was never placed anywhere. He did, a, he did a few stents, did quite a few stents at Akron Children's Hospital uh, in their psychiatric for medical stabilization because a lot of meds, 
side effects, stuff like that. So he would go for a week at a time sometimes to get medically stabilized. Um, but never anything residential long term. And, and there, what, I guess what I wanted to, the point that I was trying to make was that you wouldn't recognize him today. Like if that, if that's the last time you saw him was during that period of time, you wouldn't recognize him today because he is, uh, so gentle, so kind. And he, and he was still sweet and all that stuff then too. It just, yeah, there was a lot are. of behavioral issues. <laughs> um, but now he's, he's doing job training. He's, uh, looking at moving out on his own, whatever that, that looks awesome. like for him. Um, we, we have some meltdowns still, but nothing like what they were. Um, and you know, he's overcome every obstacle that I was told he never would, you know? And, and so amazing. Like, some kids and, and what I, what I'm seeing a lot of from other parents is a lot of times when kids hit puberty, they, the kids that are really, and I mean, I'm sure this is not going to fit for everybody. So you don't need to email me and tell me it's different, but, uh, <laughs> Some kids that are very aggressive when they're younger, they hit puberty and they settle down, you know, and then some kids, right. That's, that's what happened to <laughs> us uh, twice yeah. actually. And, and in some kids it's the other way around. Right. So um, I, I think, I think it's important to, to not get caught up in assuming that this is what it's always going to be like. You know, the struggle is always going to be like this because it probably won't, you know, you'll, you'll find additional resources. Um, and you know, one of the ways that I try to think about this now, uh, Kate Swenson from Finding Cooper's voice, uh, is a good friend of mine. And we had a conversation once and she was talking about how, you know, she, she tells, she works a lot with moms. And, and just tells them like, look, it will get better. Like it does get better. And, and her situation was very challenging and it's gotten a lot better, but we have to be open to what better is. Better doesn't mean no challenge. Better doesn't mean everything right. is fixed. Better just means that maybe there's some behavioral changes. Maybe they, be, they, they gain new skills that help them to be more independent, or you get resources available to you that you didn't have before that make life a little bit easier or there's people in place to support you that weren't there before. Right. So better is a relative term and we have to be open to what that is, but, uh, Absolutely. how, what are, what are some of the challenges that, that like personally that you're, you're dealing with, you know, maybe outside of, um, behavioral issues with your son, but like, what are some of the struggles just with being a parent? Like, for me, like last night, I was up all night with anxiety, <laughs> just like oh, worrying yeah, I... <laughs> about all kinds of things that I have zero control over, but I couldn't shut my brain off and I was just worried all night. Do you experience oh, things like that? Yes, I do have um, bad anxiety as it is. And, and my free time is pretty much once I get him to bed and that's my me time at night. Um, uh -huh. I just, I guess I have a hard time with trying to make time for myself. Um, if I do, I feel guilty about it. Um, I feel like there's always something I should be doing yeah. for him. 
but at the same time, I have to take care of myself. So I have been trying to work on that more. Um, okay. That's good. Not and easy. I do. Uh, I have met a few friends who have special needs children. So we try to get together once in a while. Um, okay. And our kids, they play, they get along. That's it's awesome. not often we get together because, as you know, our schedules are yeah pretty hectic. But even if we get together every six months, we're happy. Yeah. Um, there's an autism play place around me, so we'll bring the kids there. That way we can chit-chat and have our adult conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome that you found uh, people to do that with. That's, that's not, I, I have not, uh, I don't have something like that. Most of my connections are online, which are still really cool. Cause it's just as meaningful and whatever, but it's not, Oh, absolutely. Um, it's not like I, like I can't just go meet up with people and like hang out or go get a beer with somebody or something like that. Like I don't, I don't have that in my life. Um, it sucks though, really, because they're, they're, it's nice to have that, that human connection, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, Especially uh, my son was just in the inpatient program. He was gone for six weeks. Wow. That was, that was hard. Um, it was due his aggression was nonstop. Um, at, they couldn't keep him at school. Um, at home, it was just, he was on a different medicine that made his aggression get worse. But for six weeks, I'm so glad I had the few people that I do get together with because that was very hard. Oh yeah. Being away from him and not having him with me 24. I'm used to him always at home. That, you know, that's an interesting point. One of the things that is, uh, I can't think of the right word for it. But it's, it's almost like it's counterproductive in a way. Like when, when we get breaks, which don't happen very often, I think in a lot of cases, it's not really restful because as much as you need a break, (laughs) you don't know what to do when your kid's not there. You know? No, I, 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 I'm sure I annoyed them. I called three times a day <laughs> just to check on him and see how he was doing. And I couldn't sleep because I'm so used to him being in the next room, waiting to see if he wakes up. I just felt guilty. Or if I'd go do something for the day. Yeah. So it, it really isn't a break. I guess maybe physically, but not mentally. Yeah. I, I totally, totally understand that. I, I would, uh, when, when my kids, uh, like they, they don't see their mom anymore, but when they were seeing their mom, they would go, it was usually like 24 hours every other weekend, something like that. That 24 hours, I mean, like I'm exhausted by that point. And that 24 hours, like, it's like, okay, sweet. I have a house to myself. I can go like do my own thing. For like the first couple hours, it's great. Then it's like, oh man, like I don't like I don't know what to do. I don't like if they're not here, like I don't I don't like I don't know it's, what what am I bored. supposed to do? <laughs> right. right. Or you just worry. 
Now, even though they're in a safe place, like you just, you worry because so many things can happen and you don't, you can't just shut it off. It's, it's not like, um, you know, people are like, well, just relax, you know, they're at their grandparents or relax. They're, I mean, if they're in a hospital, they're definitely in a safe place. Right. So like just relax and enjoy the time and build yourself back up. But it's not that easy. You can't just shut off that worry. And, and people don't understand that. Well, I wish it was that easy. I wish any of it was that easy. True. That is true. Uh, what is, what's one thing that you wish people better understood? Whether it's, whether it's about your life specifically or in general. Well, I just wish that they would understand that we are doing everything we can to help our kids. Um, We do need um, us time as well, but if all we want to do is focus on our kids, you know, don't belittle us or tell us that we're wrong. Um, And that when we do reach out or talk to you, we don't want judgment. We just want you to understand and listen. What would you say to parents out there listening now who are struggling in their own life with similar things? uh, I would say you are not alone and just, Keep on doing your best that you can. It will get better. There is help. Unfortunately, I understand the obstacles you have to go through to get it. But once you do get it, it's worth it. Um, Don't be scared to try new programs. I know the whole stigma around ABA and do your own research. Don't listen to negative comments about anything until you know what it's about. And don't let others make your decisions. Trust your gut. Yes, that, definitely go that, with your gut. That was uh, that was one of the things that was something I had to learn very early on. Like, um, doctors are amazing, right? And they are highly educated, and they're amazing at what they do. But no one knows your kid better than you do. And if you feel like something's wrong then you need to push in, until yes. you get someone to take you seriously. Um, and like you said, uh, you had a pediatrician who wasn't listening, so you got a second opinion and went somewhere else, right? So you trusted your gut, you did what you thought was best for your kid, and it got you on the path that you needed to be on in order to help improve his life. And I, I'm, I think you're doing an amazing job. Thank you. It's Thank it you. it cannot be easy um at all. And I can tell you like I don't know how you do it. You know, Thank and I, I have I, I have I have three kids and I'm doing it on my own and I'm not, I'm kind of in awe of what you do. Well, I am was with you. Uh three kids I couldn't just my one I feel like is 10. So I couldn't, Yeah. to anybody who has multiple children, more power to them. That is 
We're all amazing. Even if you just have one. Yeah. It's, it's all relative. I, I, you know, I, I, if I stepped into your life right now, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I have no idea what I would do. I don't know how I would cope. I don't know how I would manage. And, and that's not an, meant to be like a, an insult or anything like that. It's just sort of respect to what your life is like. I, I would never pretend that just because I have three means that my life is more challenging because it isn't how it works. And uh, I think sometimes that's the case. Other times it's not. So, you know, everybody's experience is different. And different challenges. The challenges are different. The resources that we have at our disposal are different. The support systems that we may or may not have are different. And we just need to be supportive of each other. And and uh, I always say, like, like, my experience, your experience is not a mirror image of mine, right? So just because my life is one way doesn't mean that your life should be one way. Your life is completely different than mine. Your journey is different than mine. And, you know, same way the other way. And I feel like I can learn a lot from what you've been through. And, you know, I hope you can learn something from what I've been through. And, and that helps us to build this sense of community. And like you said, that you wanted to tell parents that you're not alone. And there's so much, it's so powerful. So powerful. Yes, I agree. Uh, thank you for sharing your story. Well, thank you I really for letting me. It. Well, no, I, you're welcome. I, <laughs> I think that um, it's so it's so important that we share our stories so that people understand and they get the context and insight that they need to become more aware and accepting and understanding. And I truly, truly think. The best way for us to do that is to let people kind of open up a window into our lives and let people see what, what it's like, you know? Yes. So I, it takes courage to do that. I think it's not easy to do that sometimes. Uh, and it's up to everybody to decide what they're comfortable with or not comfortable with and respect what everybody's decisions are. I just think it's a good idea personally, but, um, thank you for doing that. And, uh, I think it's going to help a lot of people. I hope so. And hopefully it inspires more people to get their stories out there. Um, if people want to connect with you and uh, like online, is is that something that you want them to be able to do? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, then we'll put your contact information that you, that you want to share in the show notes uh, in the blog post so that people can find you on Facebook or whatever and uh, connect and, and swap stories or whatever it is Absolutely. that you, know, you want to do. You're in my support group. You're definitely in my support group. Yeah, I thought so. And uh, <laughs> it's a safe place for parents to go. It's just still kind of getting started and I'm spread really thin. So I'm not like Hi. starting conversations <laughs> like I, I should be doing, but, but it's a safe place to come and, and share your stories and talk about challenges uh, there's no judgment. There's no ridicule. There's no anything. It's totally free. And I'll have that link uh, below too. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, thank you for being here. Well, thank you. 
Real quick, before I let you go, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I, I really appreciate it, and I hope you enjoyed this episode, and it has a positive impact on your life, because that's what I'm aiming for here. As a reminder, you can visit listen.theautismdad.com. You can learn about me and anything related to the show. You can subscribe on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps so you never miss a new episode. And please take a moment and rate us on Apple Podcasts. There'll be a link in the show notes below for you just to click and it'll take you right there. It takes like 30 seconds and it makes a big difference. So it's a great way to support the show and uh, help keep the wheels turning. So have a great week and we'll talk soon.